EFFL podcast back after a two week hiatus. As always, your host and owner of Cooking Cousins, Dakota. I'm here with my co host, the commissioner of the league, Sean Real, and the owner of the bullies, Calvin Molnar. How's it going, fellas? Sports ball fans. (laughs) I know that we're glad to score the points here. After two weeks off, we've had a lot of wheeling and dealing, we've had some upsets. We've had some blowout victories. I'm excited to kick it off with you guys and go over this week. So we'll start. Uh, We missed the week two recap. So let's give us the rundown in a pivotal division game. Cooking Cousins fell down to slow down. It hurts in an impressive blowout. 151.8 to 103. The New Jersey football team beat up on the Butchers, Patrick Stone, in what was about a 20-point victory. Game of the week. Poor Jeff found himself in the game of the week. Prime time. All eyes on him. And he lays an egg against the Pomeranians. 137 to 78. Calman, the bullies, uh, after, you know, an impressive one and oh season, uh, very much like your season last year, fell to the defending champ, Brandon Tambori, 130 to 94. And in an absolute blazer TSU, 170 points dropped on the Urban Legends, who put up 69 points. Nice. Fifth most all time. Al Freaky Geeks takes the win against Sweet Life of Zach and Oldies in what was a high-scoring matchup, 147 to 128. So, some Week 2 news uh, brought some key injuries for us, I think, guys. And the waiver wire uh, was absolutely insane. And, you know, I'm glad to get some commentary on this because we have, um, I guess you could say, the what's the highest bidder on Jimmy G. Trey Lance goes down, season-ending injury. Jimmy G comes up the waiver wire, the most added player this week. Um, I think that a lot of t- QB needy teams had their eyes set on him. And Calman made sure he got his guy uh, spending his entire budget, $100, on Jimmy G. Uh, Cameron, how are you feeling about that move? So obviously last week didn't really pay off all that well, but I figured that money is fake, especially this money. And I really needed a quarterback because Jameis Winston has not been eating very many W's this year so far. And uh, yeah, I just, I needed a quarterback. I felt like this was the best chance to have a high upside quarterback. Um, The trade market's been kind of tough to do that with. So feel okay about it obviously going to wait and see how it plays out yeah i mean hindsight is 2020 so looking back on it now it doesn't look too great but i think jimmy g uh you know will get be somewhat competent in that offense and uh, we'll see i mean did lead them to the championship game last year sean do you have any thoughts on this uh a hundred dollar waiver wire budget pickup of jimmy g and at the time i thought it made sense um you know calman since then has made some trades to uh, shake up his quarterback room. But at the time he only had uh, Mariota and um, I believe like Malik Willis or something. So <laughs> he, he desperately needed a QB. Oh yeah. Mr. Bisky. So he, you know, at the time, you know, it made sense. Um, it didn't work out last week as we'll see, but um, you know, it's, it's only been a week and uh he could get back on track soon, and QBs are important, especially in a super flex league. 
Uh, for those keeping track with inflation, $100 in this year's league is uh, about the same buying power. Uh, now would be about $110 last year. So uh, thanks, <laughs> Biden. Uh, going into the trade reviews, uh, we've had a lot. There has been a lot of wheeling and dealing. Uh, the Urban Legends, I think, has offered Adam Thielen to every uh, team <laughs> in the league. Uh, the bullies getting in on the action, the butchers and Joseph, uh, slow down. It hurts continuing to wheel and deal. We'll just kind of go through these real quick, uh, one by one. So we've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is that, that's eight trades since we last had a podcast starting off with Bruno, uh, letting go to Calman. Uh, I'm sorry, not eight trades Four. uh, counting these twice. Anywho, doesn't matter. Uh, Bruno. Letting go of scary Terry McLaren for Jarvis Landry and Marcus Mariota. Calvin, walk us through that trade. Um, so I really just wanted to have a replacement for uh, Chris Godwin because he was out. Um, I felt like it, it, you know, McLaurin wasn't in his starting lineup, so I felt like that would be a good, um, you know, high chance of you know a touchdown here and there, um, just because you know Terry McLaurin's a pretty explosive player. Uh, I feel like Jarvis Landry with how the Saints are playing, I didn't feel super great about it. Uh, Marcus Mariota, I felt like he was expendable because I planned on having uh, Jimmy G anyway. So it was kind of a no-brainer for me. And plus, once Chris Godwin comes back, I think I'm going to have a pretty stacked lineup. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my my thought on that. Very good awareness to see that he was not in the starting lineup and, you know, be able to move on that. And it obviously worked. And, yeah, I mean, I would say I like your side of that trade. You know, the commander's offense looked competent for a while. Hasn't looked competent lately. But I think over the course of the season, uh, that's a great trade for you. Yeah, definitely think Kalman won that one. Um, definitely received the better uh, value. Most valuable player there. I think Bruno maybe panicked a little bit after Matt Ryan put up, like, negative five or six the previous week. Um, and he was scrambling for a QB. And he also bid $70 for Jimmy G, which I beat him out on. So <laughs> so heading into the next trade here involving Patrick Stone of the Butchers and the sweet life of Zach and Oldies. Uh, the Butcher gave up Darren Waller, Jerry Judy, A.J. Dillon, Kyle Pitts. Two tight ends, a wide receiver, and a running back. Uh, and acquired Geno Smith, DJ Moore, Chase Edmonds, and Mark Andrews. Uh, what's our, our first, you know, quick, you see this first thought that pops in your heads. So we'll start with Sean. I thought Albert received more overall value, but Je uh, Patrick received the best overall player. Um, at first glance, I, I thought it was very even. Um, and, you know, it's only been a week, but it looked like Patrick came out with the better end of it just based off Mark Andrews. Uh, being the best tight end right now, him and Kelsey. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. This is definitely a season-defining trade. Yeah, I I kind of feel like I like what um, yeah I feel like I like what Patrick got a little bit more. I don't understand trading for two tight ends. I think that um, Albert is using one in the flex spot. I just feel like tight end is not really a position I'd want to use in the flex spot even though both of those players are really good tight ends. So I just feel like Patrick probably got a little bit more, I guess, useful players out of that deal. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this, and 
it's tough to separate the name from the value, if that makes sense. Darren Waller, Jerry Judy, A.J. Dillon, Kyle Pitts, right? I would take, aside from Mark Andrews, and even then, maybe, right, if Kyle Pitts can live up to the name, but he just really hasn't. Um, you know, he finally just had a good game of, uh, you know, what, uh, and even then it was, you know, five receptions, 87 yards, uh, still has not scored a touchdown, and that, that Falcons offense looks horrific. So, yeah, you have to think about it, you know, best best player in the trade, Mark Andrews, overall value, I think I could see that. Geno Smith is a wash. I personally don't want any part of that Carolina offense. Chase Edmonds is in kind of a muddy backfield. Um, so I, I would probably, but again, you know, I don't know if I'm separating the name, you know, if I'm just going based off name or actually performance and value because, you know, a lot of the players that um, Patrick gave up really haven't done much. You know, Jerry Judy's another one. So the next trade as we go in, uh, Joseph, Cas- uh, Joseph Cassano, which really prompted his, uh, his back-to-back trades here, and we see Bruno again. So Bruno finally getting rid of his boy, Adam Thielen, <laughs> and DeAndre Swift. And acquiring Austin Eckler and uh, Joseph, I don't know what you're doing, man. I guess he, uh, you know, you're you're selling low on Eckler, and I think that uh, Bruno got fantastic value off of this. DeAndre Swift, hot start, uh, always injury prone. Jamal Williams uh, has seemingly uh, muddied that backfield. Adam Thielen is in, you know, what should be a high scoring offense, but really hasn't been so far. So, you know, I, I like the Eckler acquisition, even though he's had a slow start by low. And uh, I love it over the course of the season, barring injury. Yeah, I just feel like sometimes the best trade you can do is just keep the players you have and not overthink it. And I just feel like Joseph kind of got a little bit spirited away and started doing things that he probably shouldn't have done. I feel like this trade's going to eventually come back and bite him, honestly, but I guess we'll see what happens. I, I think it's actually pretty even. I think it's mainly just a bet on who you think is going to finish the season better, Swift or, or Eckler. Thielen's pretty much just in there as a, as a lollipop. He doesn't really matter here, but, um, you know, I, I guess Joseph likes Detroit's offense uh, long-term more than uh, L.A., and, and I guess I can see that angle. So I think it's actually a pretty even trade. Next up, Bruno getting involved again in another uh, possibly season-breaking trade here. So Bruno giving up Matt Ryan, Jarvis Landry, Kamara, and Michael Pittman and acquiring Jamar Chase, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Curtis Samuel, David Njoku, and Carson Wentz. And fellas, I look at this trade, and again, I'm just thinking, Joseph, what were you thinking, man? I agree. I Once again, I just think that when you start screwing up with these things too much, it's, I mean, it's going to hurt you. That's, that's a lot of players to be moving around at once. And I just don't think he really got uh, great value uh, in this trade. Uh, to me, if I'm, if I'm winning, I'm not touching the roster. I might, you know, have a few like head scratching moments as to who to start because I have so many studs, but I, I don't think I'm, I'm fucking around with that, honestly. Yeah, I think this is the one where he may have jumped the shark um, in terms of trades. 
he invested in a lot of uh, players that you know, offenses don't look particularly great. Kamara's he's looked slow. That Saints offense hasn't really looked uh, great at all. Besides uh, Chris Olave, um, Matt Ryan looks horrendous. Michael Pittman was great week one. We'll see um, how he deals with that injury. Um, and then I just feel Bruno got the best player in that trade with Jamar Chase. Um, Wentz is even though I mean he had a bad week three he's he's been decent and so uh we'll see how this turns out this is definitely another season defining trade and uh there we have it so a lot of wheeling and dealing a lot of moving um it's it's been interesting you know i i'm very uh i I love the activity joseph our newest member of the league getting in here listen he's got a list of his guys and he's going to get them so uh i i i applaud the effort uh i love the activity so keep it coming because it gives us something to talk about on our podcast <laughs> heading into week three matchups uh we had uh pretty pretty close battles here you know we added some good in what was really the final week of the division openers you know a lot of teams fighting for their position uh, a lot of teams needing wins uh, myself included so we'll go ahead and take a look at where we're at for this week in week three and break down the matchups and then First off, Cook and Cousins, and going against the co-host, Calman, the Bullies. Uh, I was 0-2, needed a win here, got the win. Wasn't pretty, but we get it 103-0.92. to uh, The Butchers, blowout win against the Goodfellas. Jeff just on the uh, rebound here, back-to-back brutal losses. You hate to see it. Uh, Sean just uh, putting up, again, another high-scoring output um, over scoring his projection against the New Jersey football team. Uh, Calman and I were happy to see Brandon get his first loss against Joseph Cassano. So again, you know, we talk, uh, we didn't like your trades here, Joe, but look at you at two and one and getting a big win. So thanks for the help, buddy. Al Freaky Geeks gets strapped in what was the uh, EFFL Hoagie Primo game of the week against TSU. 153.98. And then we have the Urban Legends in what was maybe the ugliest game in EFFL history. Uh, Just putting up again, this is this back-to-back weeks of basically 69 points for the Urban Legends? Nice. Oh, my God. (laughs) Poor Albert. I can only imagine being on the other side of that, especially when you look at, you know, you have You lost on the stack correction, too. I don't know on a stack correction, so he was ahead going into it, and then oh, unfortunately, does anybody know what the stack correction was? I think it was um, a fumble. He was at sixty nine, and he was winning. Like he went to bed up sixty nine to sixty eight and a half, and then he woke up and he was down sixty eight and a half to sixty eight. <laughs> so, so I, you know, it, you know, and that's what I was saying with like the player, like looking at his team: Jerry Judy, two points; Darren Waller, three points. I mean, they're, they're big name players, but AJ Dillon, four point eight. So, you know, can you separate the player from the production, the name, and just uh, oh, that's a tough loss to swallow. I mean, that one would keep me up at night. Can you imagine scoring sixty eight points or sixty eight point five points and winning. It's got to be the uh, lowest scoring win in in, in league history, but definitely by far. <laughs> wow! And with that, we'll bring on our special guest. As always, we'd like to have the winner of the previous week's uh, EFFL 
Primo Hoagie Game of the Week on for an interview, and this week it is Alexander. So, our EFFL Primo Hoagies Game of the Week winner is here with us today, Alexander. Alexander, who is not our little boy anymore, he's our little man, and he is here to discuss his win last week. Alex, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, it was great coming off a big win against cousin John, who I remember back in the draft, he was, he was talking about how I only scored 50 points in a game and I, I didn't, I didn't forget that. And I, I knew I needed to win this one because I, cu- I couldn't let that go and not, not, I couldn't blow this opportunity. So you knew that it was that was bulletin board material that you had up, and and I love to see it. I mean, absolutely obliterated cousin John. Cousin John stood zero chance in the spotlight with all eyes on him. Big performances from Lamar Jackson. Big performances from Cordero Patterson. Devontae Smith finally found the hookup with Jalen Hurts, and it was a bloodbath. So you know the outlook for your team. You have to be excited about. Uh, let's rewind a few weeks and go back to the draft. Was this your first auction draft? This was my first auction draft. And, you know, Sean was telling me about it. And I was, he was talking about like he's doing mocks and stuff. And I hadn't done anything. And it was draft day. I was coming home from the beach and I hadn't looked at or done anything really. And I was, I was like, oh, I'm screwed. And so I did a little, some, some practice and some, some studying for that 45 minute car ride home. And that's how I got ready. So, you know, that's exactly what I was going to say. What was the strategy? And that's impressive. I mean, I think, you know, the squad looking at you here now, um, as we head into it, you know, the, the week four power rankings, you're leading the charge here at three and oh, you're number one in the rankings. Uh, again, a big trouncing on cousin John. I mean, you are easily the top dog and, you know, I'm looking over your roster here, uh, draft it was really incredible i mean you have some some low-end guys here that are overperforming which is really what you want to get in an auction you know and then you got your heavy hitters and uh it's very impressive that it was only done on you know 45 minutes notice considering some of the league myself included you know we were doing mocks all the way up until the night of the draft uh what was you know did you like the auction would you do it again what are your thoughts there i definitely like the auction it was it was a lot more exciting because every pick I was trying, I was always involved, you know, making bids versus like, if you're doing your regular snake draft, you do your pick and then you kind of just sit there and wait till your pick. And it's just kind of, it adds a lot more excitement into the draft process. Absolutely. It's very, uh, very interactive. You have to be engaged. There's a lot of drama. We absolutely love it. Uh, so I know, as you mentioned, you, you really didn't have a ton of time to prepare. Were there any guys that you really liked this year that you didn't like that, you know, that were your guys you were going to get no matter what? So I had, I had a short list and, um, right off the bat, when I saw that a lot of the, like, I didn't realize how high price these guys are going to be. And I saw Allen go for 59 and he, he was one guy I was really interested in. And then I got, I was like, Oh, I got to get involved. And originally Jamar Chase was one of my guys, but he just got, he got too high a price for me. But when I actually got Lamar, I was, I was planning to just, I was just trying to keep, I forget who I was with uh, against, but I kept trying to just bid him up. I did that with a lot of people where I just add to it, hoping each person would bid more money. 
and I ended up getting stuck with Lamar, Lamar, and I actually was not happy at all on draft day. Um, Joseph or Sean might remember that I kept complaining about him, but um, I'm really glad I got him. Javante Williams was the guy I really wanted. Kyle Brandt is the guy who convinced me on him. He's been kind of disappointing to what I was hoping. Um, and Devontae Smith was the last guy I really wanted. Impressive, impressive drafting. Great strategy. I love it. I'll turn it over to Calman. Calman, what questions do you have for our Game of the Week winner and league-leading team as we head into Week 4? Well, I don't really have any questions, but I think that it is pretty messed up that you were racking the price up on players in the draft. But I think it's pretty amazing that you ended up with Lamar Jackson, who is playing out of his freaking mind this year. So well played. Well played. Thank you. That was it is. It is. It's uh, it's it's it takes, you know, that strategy can go one of two ways. You know, in your case, it wound up being positive. We, we saw cases during the draft where it didn't work out for players or teams, you know, and they got, you know, and so good to see it work out. Yeah, it definitely um, it's definitely risky. I got caught with. I got stuck with Kelsey for $36, which I remember not wanting. I actually wanted Andrews after getting Lamar. So that was kind of a, uh, a nail in the road, but it, it worked out. He's been, he's been good for me. As we go in, Sean, you are the brother, the commish of Alex. You know, there's, this is, you know, single household here. Uh, you know, there's gotta be some sibling rivalry, uh, what do you have to say to your brother? I was really happy for you um, after, after ending up in 11th last season in 2021. So, you know, it's a big turnaround. And uh, I, I hope, you know, the, the good fortune keeps on going and uh, excited to face you later in the season. So keep up the good work. Yeah, coming back, coming, coming back from 11th place, it definitely feels much better right now to be 3-0 and instead of in the, the, the pits of Tartarus of poverty (laughs) the toilet bowl with jeff (laughs) (laughs) i was hoping to i was hoping to stir up some rivalry with that comment hoping to stir up maybe maybe get some family drama on the show but sean with the very classy and respectful comment there i love it wholesome content awesome job your team looks like a force to be reckoned with you know i'll leave you with this you know what's your outlook for the season we're looking to bring home that the uh, the the money the money uh, payout structure came out today. I'm looking to bring home the five hundred dollars. Gotta gotta make some dough back from last season. Absolutely, and you bring up a great point, as you may have seen in the chat. Uh, currently, what we're at, uh, which we should mention for the championship, seventy dollar buy-in. So that's a total of eight hundred and forty dollars total in the pot. First place brings home $500. Second place gets you $175. And uh, we do have some bowl games as well. So if you are bowl game eligible, third wins $85. Uh, Fifth wins $35. The Constellation Ladder winner wins $35. Uh, Ninth place wins $10. And 11th determines last place punishment. So... Uh, very interesting. I love the breakdown. Uh, even if you're out, you still have a chance to walk away with some money. So again, get your league dues into the commish at Sean real through cash app or Venmo. 
Or uh, if you want to swing by his house, drop off some cash. <laughs> I think Cowman will be doing that at some point this season. <laughs> yep. So as we get into it, we'll look at the power rankings. As mentioned, Alexander is in first place by a large margin, sitting at 3-0. and And behind him, his brother, 6-0 and in the real household. Sean stays undefeated. Another decisive victory thanks to a Monday night football comeback with performances from Saquon Barkley and CeeDee Lamb. Slow down, it hurts. Our newcomer, Joseph Cassano, finds himself early in the season in third. Cousin John drops down after the loss. You know, it was a big loss, game of the week, but still overall, he's sitting pretty at 2-1. and one. Brandon, the league defending champ, gets his first loss of the season, drops to 2-1. and one. Patrick Stone jumps five spots, uh, destroyed Brother Jeff, 75-point demolition. He said, I'm going to beat you, and then I'm going to send you to Tampa Bay. Uh, Christian Castle, the New Jersey football team at one and two. Uh, really a uh, big thing, leaving an inactive Keenan Allen in the lineup. That's huge. That hurts. And uh, also Calvin dropping down uh, two donuts and one inactive player as well. Myself, even with a win, Calvin's still ahead of me, even though I beat him. Uh, I have something to say to the press about that one. But uh, we get a big, uh, much-needed win. Cannot start 0-3. Jeff, 1-2, drops down. Bruno, 1-2. Miraculously edges out Albert by .5. Again, we talked about it, one of the ugliest games in EFFL history, dating back to 2010. And Cousin Albert in the basement at 0-3. The last winless team in 2022. He's got some reinforcements on the way. Can Zach Wilson help break the slide? He's got Joseph in week four EFFL game of the week. And uh, it's an 0-3 team against the 2-1 team. We'll see. Wheeling and dealing Joseph Cassano uh, up against uh, Albert Liu, you know, with his freshly recovered Zach Wilson. So that's the game to have eyes on this week. We'll get into our week four projections. Uh, so let's get into it, fellas. As we look into week four, I'll start off with myself again. I'll just go in order. Uh, this is during the Thursday night game. We just saw a man die on the field. And uh, I think we're all a little scarred, so we'll try our best to remain composed here. But um, myself going up against uh, the Butchers, I believe I was projected to lose. As of right now, it looks to be a toss-up. We're both, uh, you know, I'm looking right now, it's about a point differential in Patrick Stone's favor. Um, You know, uh, again, I won't pick my game. I need some performances, you know, across the board. Allen Robinson's been a disappointment. Tyler Boyd, we're sitting here with a, a big fat donut on the board. And the running backs, you know, I drafted uh, heavy running backs, and it really hasn't paid off that strategy. The best running backs were low-end guys. Uh, Quirrell Patterson, Jamal Williams. So, um, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not feeling too confident going against the Butchers. You know, one team's going to end up 500. One team's going to end up 1-3. and three. But, uh, I, you know, I'll let you guys uh, uh, debate on that quickly. Uh, who you guys got this week between myself and the Butchers? So I'm going to go ahead and say I think that the uh, the Butchers, I think, have a slight edge. I'm going to go ahead and agree with Sleeper that this is going to be very close. Um, I'm looking at Tom Brady down there, and I think he's due for uh, a resurgence. And I think with uh, Godwin possibly coming back, at least this may be hopeful thinking, uh, I'm hoping that kind of gives him a little bit uh, extra juice. And I think that that's going to kind of be the difference maker. I think you're pretty even across the board everywhere else. Um, Not sure how I feel about DJ Moore, just because I think Sean mentioned earlier, the Panthers offense doesn't look great. 
Um, so that's kind of going to be a factor. But besides that, across the board, I think this is a pretty even team. Uh, and I just feel like Tom Brady's gonna gonna light it up this week against a uh, shaky Kansas City team. Yeah, I think Dakota's wide receivers might doom him here. Um, I'm gonna give the slight edge to Patrick. Uh, Dakota definitely has the edge at running back in terms of star power, but like you said, Dakota, they haven't really been performing too well. But Mixon's been doing all right tonight. Um, I think uh, Patrick also has a big edge at quarterback. Um, so I, I will give him the edge here. And then Andrews is also a huge positional advantage at tight end. Um, I think it's going to come down to if uh, your running backs can um, perform to their billing, uh, their, their draft billing. I'm also going to take the butchers. Um, I just, the wide receiver core, it's looking rough. You, you're going to have to hope, even though the entire Chargers roster is dying, that um, <laughs> Herbert can still, you know, you get, you know, with Slater out, you know, he still has time to get Williams a ball. You're, you're gonna have to really rely on those Vikings down there against the Saints at uh, in London, because I think, uh, you know, I'm rooting for him too, uh, Mr. Mark Andrews. I think he'll have a big game against that Bills, the linebacker core. But once he gets to that third level against the secondary, I think he's just gonna eat on those seams and deep post routes. So you're all on the butchers. Well, yeah, I may agree with you at this point. We'll see. I need to prove the, that to be wrong. And Calvin, your comment about Tom Brady, uh, I have Tom Brady in another league. Uh, if he lights anybody up, I'll be happy. But I have not seen it from uh, Tom yet. So we will see. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would probably agree. I would lean, too, if I had to pick. I typically don't pick my own games, but I'll pick. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give the edge to the butchers. Going to the next game, uh, Sean against Bruno. Uh, Sleeper has Sean projected to wipe the floor with Bruno. Uh, you know, I would tend to agree. I mean, in Bruno's slots here, we got Marcus Mariota, uh, just Carson Wentz, who's going to be going up against a nasty Dallas defense. Um, I, he was sacked, you know, eight times last week, nine times. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again. Um, I just do not think he has the firepower to keep up with Sean. Much better team. Uh, I'm taking Sean in a blowout victory. I'm talking 15 to 20 point differential here. So here's the thing. I think Bruno has actually done a pretty good job of kind of building up his team a bit. Um, but I just feel like his team seems like it has a long way to go, um, at least in the, the projection category um, of being competitive. Last week was really brutal. I think he really lucked out winning. Um, and I just think Sean has a much better team across the board. So I'm going to go ahead and lean Sean here by a heavy margin. I think it's honestly going to be worse than this. I'd be surprised if Bruno breaks 100 this week. I um I'm also gonna give Sean. However, I do like um I was actually a big fan of Bruno's trade with Joseph. I liked how um the players fit his setup for like the future. But this week, based off especially with Jamar Chase not doing too much right now, who for him to win some games, he's gonna need to go back a year. Um he's Bruno does <laughs> not have the talent right now to compete with Sean's God squad. Yeah, I won't pick my game, but, you know, uh, 
definitely like the trades Bruno's made. He's definitely improved his team. Um, and he has a knack for doing that, as he did uh, in the 2021 playoffs, um, you know, with his waiver wire uh, squad. So, um, you know, not, not ex- uh, you know expecting anything here, but uh, excited for this one. You should uh, also, that nickname for Justin Fields, Keep Sleeping. I will keep sleeping. He sucks. You should probably <laughs> cut him. <laughs> He's awful. <laughs> Next matchup we'll get into, we got Brandon Hollywood Tambori going up against the New Jersey football team led by Christian Castle. Uh, battle of, uh, again, a 2-1 and one team, 1-2 one and two team here. Right now, Sleeper is giving the edge to Brandon Devontae's Inferno. Looking at some of the matchups I like. I like Devontae Adams and uh, going up against Denver. Stephon Diggs always kind of has, uh, you know, he's going to be the number one receiver on that typically high-scoring squad. I think Baltimore, I mean, uh, sorry, I think Buffalo gets back to their old ways this week against Baltimore. Michael Thomas is kind of a big question mark, right? He could make or break. I could easily see him overplaying that 11-point projection, but uh, at the same time, I could also see him coming in well under. Uh, so that could be kind of the wild card here. Looking at uh, Christian Castle's team, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Derrick Henry, they look very scary on paper, uh, but uh, that Tampa Bay defense is legit. Uh, You know, the Indianapolis game, I think that's going to be an ugly, low-scoring game. Could be a lot of runs, a lot of opportunity for Derrick Henry there. Um, And again, Keenan Allen, uh, you know, arguably his his best wide receiver is banged up questionable, has a nice matchup against Houston. Uh, So with that, I just think I like Brandon. I think his squad's a little bit more well-rounded. Dalvin Cook, who is also questionable, dislocated shoulder going into this week for Brandon. Uh, He's got uh, Alexander Madison. So uh, with that, um, you know, if he gets a bigger role, that could be a player that well overplays his 7.7 point projection. So with that, I'm going to take Brandon. I am probably going to agree with you here. Uh, I think with Patrick Mahomes, if there's any team that knows how to shut him down or has a blueprint to shut him down, it's probably the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, I think that the thing with Christian is that he hasn't been the same since he went to the Flyers game. I don't think his heart's in it. Uh, and I just feel like <laughs> Brandon just cares a lot more. And I like his team better. So I'm going to, I'm going to go Brandon here. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. You, you got it. You got it. <laughs> I think this is a good uh, uh, get well game for Brandon. A good pick me up spot. Um, I, I think the the lack of death on Christian's squad is going to hurt him, um, especially uh, down the line um, as bye weeks uh, start approaching. Um, I think Brandon's overall got the more balanced uh, and more talented roster. So I'm going to go with Brandon. We'll make that four zero. I'm also gonna go Brandon, um, but I, I was tempted to pick Christian just in the fact that I think golf's gonna have a big week against that that Seahawks defense. They they they're letting Mariota, even though it was more Patterson, but they let Mariota throw up like 27 points. I think I think golf could have a big game and potentially upset. There you have it. We all seem to be on Brandon. And yes, definitely something to keep an eye on. Christian's bounce back from the Flyers game. 
Next up, uh, we got Cousin John going up against Jeff Stone. And what uh, Sleeper has to be a close matchup here. Uh, you know, right now, it's, I mean, it is inches. It's centimeters uh, for John Liu. Projected 113.74. The Goodfellas project 113.60. Now, uh, some of that is because right now, uh, John Liu has Tyree Killen. It is halftime. He has 8.6 points. So a little bit of an under projection there. And uh, Tua, who is in his super flex position, actually died. So with that, it's going to make it tough for him to win. So I'm going to take the good fellas because they do not have a dead person on their team. All right. So that is an extremely good point. I was going to make a joke about Jeff's team because um, me and him have kind of this behind the scenes rivalry where <laughs> I send him trades and he rejects them. Um <laughs> So the thing is, I don't trust Jeff's team all that much. It just seems like his team is consistently underperforming. Um, but I feel like if there's going to be a week where he's going to be the winner, it's going to be a week where you have a quarterback die on the field. And I think this was <laughs> the right storm for Jeff to, to claim a victory here. I'm going to go ahead and lean on Jeff's side, the good fellas. I will say I feel Jeff has made um, some good moves to uh, diversify his roster uh, over the past couple of weeks from uh, it being uh, all bucks. Um, <laughs> so he, he's finally let go of uh, Scotty Miller. So kudos to Jeff for that. Uh, I actually am going to pick Jeff here. I, I think like you guys said, two were dying um, and leaving that, you know, essentially a donut uh, is, is especially in that super flex position is huge. Um, and, and I think that, that may be enough um, to get Jeff over the edge. I'm actually going to uh, – no, nah, I will go with Jeff, actually. I was potentially thinking about going John because even though Tua died and put up .4, Mr. Bisky, he's Mr. Bisky. I don't see him putting very much to make a huge um, difference versus Tua's death, but <laughs> – I think I think his boy Gritty is gonna have to. He's gonna be his his source of the win this week, and also potentially um, Christian McCaffrey not playing. You know, it's really lose lose for Jeff. If he loses, then he's the team that lost to a dead man. If he wins, well, congratulations, you beat a team in mourning. So <laughs> lose lose for Jeff this week, no matter the outcome of that game. Uh, Alex, we will get into your game, who, you know, luckily we have, for the sake of the podcast, is against Calman, the bullies. Um, Calman, you have this weird thing going on where you look like the top team for about a week and a half, and then it just seems <laughs> to fall apart. It happened last year. It happened this year. You know, it, you have some firepower there. I mean, that 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 tr- that, 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 that uh, the trio of Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, and Cooper Cup can just be deadly. I like the acquisition of uh, Scary Terry. Uh, Chris Godwin coming back. You got Jimmy G. Hopefully he can uh, go ahead and, you know, run a competent offense. Um, but I got to give it to Alex, and I said it before. I'll say it again. He's got to prove that he's not the top dog. And until that, I give him the benefit. I mean, he's got some players that are just performing at an insanely high level. I know Devontae Smith is licking his chops against that Jacksonville Jaguars team. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to lean 
uh, Al Freaky Geeks. Although, um, Alex, you also have maybe possibly not confirmed a serial killer on your team and Russell Wilson uh, put out the creepiest subway commercial monologue of all time. So I did deduct points there. Uh, I think you win by 10 instead of 20 because there's a potential that Russell Wilson kills Shabate Williams before game day. You know, Russell Wilson might not even make it to the game with that dry ass sandwich he was eating because he was chewing <laughs> on that thing forever. He took like two bites and he was chewing on that thing till 2084. So I might have to pick up a new – I might pick up Brian Hoyer because I don't know if we get out there. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to – Sorry. Oh, you're good? Um, I'm not going to pick my t- uh, game because that's what we what we typically don't do. Um, I will say I feel like my team does have a lot of boom or bust potential. Um, I feel like at any given week, Taylor can go off, Cup can go off, and Chubb can go off. If all three of them go off at once, I feel like that's going to be pretty lethal. And then I just really need everyone else to just get average points. But I will say, though, I think I think Alexander's team is uh, is pretty freaking stacked. Um, obviously, you have Lamar Jackson, who's probably going to win the MVP this year if things continue as they're going. Um, Patterson's basically the Falcons offense at this point. Uh, Waddle losing to him might hurt him a little bit. But then you have Devontae Smith there, and you have Kelsey as well in your tight end spot, which my tight end is uh, a blocker. So I think uh, <laughs> not going to pick, but I think I have my work cut out for me this weekend. I'm not. Hey, Cal, when you make. Oh. Sorry. You got it. Keep interrupting you guys. Uh, I, I, Calman, you made a great point how uh, your team can, I feel, can beat anyone any day of the week. Uh, because they're so uh, boomer bust and, and high variance, um, you know, Taylor Chubb and, and Cup combined can pull up, you know, 90 by themselves. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to go with Alexander, though. I, I think his team is just too good. Um, and uh, I'm not going to pick against him until he proves otherwise. Um, and the, the QB position is a big uh, advantage. He's just kind of got a big, big advantage almost everywhere except uh, with uh, the, 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 your, your top three players. Um, so I think it's just overall a little more balanced. And I'm gonna go with him. I will say I am I am pretty scared for even though the projection to not be that close. Um, that trio of Taylor, Chubb, and Cup does have me quite worried, especially Cup against the 49ers. Um, but I'm not gonna pick and I'm just gonna say, Calman, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar is a MVP uh candidate right now. He, leads the league in scoring so you know he could he could put it on his back again i need him to because russell wilson is not he's not riding broncos country (laughs) he's too cringy of a man and we go to our primo hoagie game of the week matchup the sweet life of zach and oldies against the newbie joseph cassano slow down it hurts uh, Sean, you nailed the projection here for the pick. It's uh, it's one seventeen point two eight going up against Joseph's one seventeen point eight two. It looks like this is going to be a tight matchup here. Currently, Sweet Life of Zach and Oldies has T Higgins in, who caught a bomb for a touchdown. Uh, so he is uh, up ahead currently at this point. Uh, you know, looking the list, I feel like it's a pretty even matchup as Sleeper has indicated. Uh, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, 
very similar uh, potential output from those players. Kamara, Jamal Williams, again, potentially very similar output. Uh, AJ Dillon, Cam Akers, again, very similar output. So really where it comes down to, I think it starts, I, I guess, like losing, if you want to say, for Sweet Life, Albert, is as you get down to the wide receivers. T. Higgins, luckily, looks like he's going to, possibly overperform his projection right now. He would need about another four points to do so, but I definitely like Michael Pittman and Adam Thielen, Christian Kirk over the uh, Debo Samuel, Jerry Judy, T Higgins lineup, but we'll see. We'll see what T Higgins finishes with Um, the tight ends. Again, you know, Darren Waller, Dallas Goddard, Really, either could go off at any time, and their matchups just kind of depends, you know, what you have going. And then, you know, the interesting plug-in here is Joseph starting the hot Matt Collins, who's coming off a 25-point game. I don't think he's ever done that in his life. Will he do it again, or was that the, you know, like an anomaly here? I guess we'll find out. Um, If I had to pick right now today... Boy, this is a tough one because I really don't like that super flex on either Matt Ryan or Zach Wilson. I think this could honestly really be an ugly, ugly game. And I think they could come both un- well under projection. Uh, if I had to lean, I think I'm going Joseph. Uh, I like Jalen Hurts over Kyler Murray, and I like the wide receivers a little bit more. And to me, I feel like the running backs are a bit of a wash as with the other positions. So, Dakota, earlier on, you asked the question, um, after you stated that Albert was kind of getting reinforcements and will they be enough to help his team? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. The answer is no. Yeah. Are, are you are you adding more to that, Calvin? No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the double tight ends. I don't like that play. And that's that's pretty much it. I'm going to go with Joseph here. I think Albert's going to put up a much better fight than 68 points. Um, I think Joseph is going to win this. Uh, it, his team has been hot, even the, uh, with the week one loss. Uh, he just ran into a, a hot cowman at that time. Um, but I, I think Joseph has more talent. Um, I'm curious to see if uh, the trades are going to backfire, or if they're going to you know, even further uh, his team's performance. And uh, I, I like him in this one. Um, I'm going to have to go with, uh, sweet life of Zach and oldies. I'm going to, I'm going with the, the major underdog this week. Uh, I think the MILF magnet himself, Zach Wilson, he's going <laughs> to, <laughs> he's going to throw some lasers on that Pittsburgh defense, even though that sounds ridiculous. Cause it does. Uh, I hate Darren Waller. T I hate him being there with Kyle Pitts. I do. I do like that Kyle Pitts actually got involved last week. Um, and I'm expecting big things out of Jamal Williams, especially coming off the week he just had with Swift being hurt, and that's his only hope. And there you have it. A good week of matchups. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. If you made it this far, Alex, thank you for joining us. Calman Sean, as always, it's a pleasure. And with that, have a great week, and good luck to all. Prayers for Tua. <laughs>